Good evening and a warm welcome to the FIFA World Cup show. Our special coverage of the 33rd African Cup of Nations currently ongoing in Cameroon. It started on the 9th of January and it's going all the way to the 6th of February. Today, the penultimate group, Group D, played their last set of games with the Super Eagles of Nigeria recording a 100% record. Yes, I'll be giving you all the details that you need to know. But welcome to your most exciting, informative and educative sports show. Right here on the calling platform with yours truly, Philip Alimo. I have love for sports. Let me know in the comment section your most exciting aspects that you love about this show. I would love to hear your comments and know what your views are. But this evening, Joining me in the studio is African football expert who's been with us throughout the beginning of this tournament, Mr. Justin Akowa. He's been giving us some insightful information and details that we need to know on the ongoing African Cup of Nations. And today, just a quick rundown on the groups. Nigeria finished the group stages unbeaten. And the only team at the African Cup of Nations 2021 
to do this. Egypt also booked their spot in the round of 16, courtesy of a narrow win over third place Sudan. African football is definitely at its best. And Mr. Kowa is joining us on the floor for us to hear what his views are. Good evening, Mr. Kowa, and good to have you on the show. Good evening, Philip. How are you doing? We are doing very great. And yourself? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. We hope you are keeping warm in the wintry conditions. Yes, yes, I, I am. I am. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God. What do you make of the flying Super Eagles? Well, it was to be expected. Made a good number of changes, but then the results didn't change. Maybe performance dropped a bit, but then I think it was due to the physicality that the people from Guinea-Bissau brought. And I think they were trying to also score a goal because I think they have not scored a goal in since they started playing in the Afghans. So I think they tried to score a goal and that didn't work out as well. But then overall, overall performance from the Nigerians was very good. And Augustine Egwavon has to be happy going into the round of 16 with three good wins. Definitely. And uh, talking of Augustine Egwavon, one of the finest central defenders in his A days as a player. He's, do you think he's making an emphatic statement to the Nigerian Football Federation for that permanent rule, even though a coach has been appointed? Well, I mean, yeah, I think right now, I, I think that's, that is out of reach. Probably it will take a miracle for them winning the AFCON for that decision to be overturned. But then even even in that case, should he not get it, he's still the technical director of um, the Nigerian Football Federation. So then he's going to work um, closely with, um, I think, Jose Pereiro also. Yeah, so then he is going to have um, some kind of involvement. And I think the next coach that should work for the Super Eagles will be glad to work with him because of what he has done and how good or how well he knows the players. And it looks it looks like it looks like Nigeria really has a very clear pathway in terms of African talents at the moment. Definitely. Let's take the preview of today's games and the highlight of that game and we'll come to you for your in depth analysis of the game between the Super Eagles of Nigeria and Guinea Bissau. 17. That is the number of times Nigeria have advanced to the knockouts at the Africa Cup of Nations. So it was no surprise then when they booked their place in the last 16 with a second victory in as many Group D matches. Even more bullish in their dismantling of Sudan compared to the hard 40 and altogether uneventful 1 0 win over Egypt. What we did learn from Game 2 is that these Super Eagles would struggle to keep themselves from entering the favorite conversation going into the knockouts. Such has been a prowess in a group that had been tagged as tricky prior to match day one. And with both Egypt and now Sudan brushed aside by Augustine Eguavon's well-drilled charges, it seems the settling period for the interim manager has gone as well as he would have hoped. 
While Nigeria might not have been as super as they can be on the continent in the last few months under his predecessor, Egwavon has been soaring again, playing the kind of football we've come to love and indeed fear. So then, in one last hit out in the group, what will Guinea-Bissau come up with in trying to trip a side that has been playing with all the confidence in the world? Despite defeat to Egypt on match day two, there was enough in the performance in Garoa to keep their upcoming opponents honest. Of the seven efforts on target in the contest, three went the way of the Wild Dogs, who could have even walked away with the point if they are not denied them a late equalizer, a decision that mainly still feel was harsh on an outfit that comes into game three needing to do that which they haven't been able to do at AFCON for two and a half editions. This is to win a game of football. While they come into today's proceedings with a semblance of hope that they could indeed do the unthinkable and finally break their group stage duck, they will simply have to do what they've failed to do since their 2017 debut, which is find the back of the net. In fact, it's six successive matches in all competitions that they failed to score a goal. An extension of that record will mean a third successive group stage exit. It's meeting number one between these two sides who united by one long coastline in the west will be divided by 90 minutes of football. While those two have a go at each other, the Cap City could, for all Egyptians involved, finally see the slumbering giant rise up and not only win, but perhaps also put in a statement performance for the first time. Yes, Egypt might have through their maestro hurdled past Guinea Bissau in opening their wins account, but once more the showing from Salah and Pampi wasn't quite draped in any sort of confidence which seems to be a key ingredient missing from their approach. Against Nigeria, they looked disjointed. Against Guinea-Bissau, they looked slightly more adventurous without really hitting full tilt. The words that coach Carlos Quiroz would have spoken to his pharaohs by now should give them a little kick up the backside. Not only are they expected to beat Sudan despite their poor start, they can actually try and go out to win well. While they will take another slender win whichever way it comes, We've seen, as recently as 2019 as hosts, what entering the knockout stages with more questions than answers tends to result in. And speaking of results, for Sudan, they simply have to get the right one tonight for any thoughts of progress to be entertained. Despite the many strides taken in improving their game over the last few years, this edition hasn't been the best showing as after being fortunate to survive game one with a point, they were never given a chance to breathe by a relentless Nigeria a game in which perhaps the stature of the opposition rendered them paralyzed. They cannot afford to pay Egypt as much respect, especially an Egypt side with its own problems. Having scored a solitary goal up to this point, though, doesn't best lay a platform for last-day heroics. The quarterfinals of 2012 is a memory fast moving into forgotten territory. Winning games of football has proven difficult of late. The last W coming back in August last year, all of 14 matches ago. At AFCON, it's not three matches without a win. Yes, they've beaten Egypt here before, but that was all the way back in the heydays of the 70s. Tradition says when Egypt meets Sudan, it usually ends in a pharaoh's success. Success that comes with some comfort as well. Uh, born in Senegal, wonderful player based in Cyprus, uh, getting a chance to... Uh, to play in goal, goalkeepers. Nigeria, coached by Augustine Egoabuen, who of course is the uh, uh, the technical director of the Nigerian team. 
match commissioner waits to give the referee the green light to get this game underway. Here we go then. It is Guinea-Bissau up against Nigeria. Nigeria already qualified uh, with some fine football that they played already. Good lucky there, but still functions. Ianacho. Ianacho. Ianacho with the far post. It's in the back of the net. Nigeria have scored that goal. And there are the celebrations. OSC, Nekwabuan. There he is celebrating because it was just a question of time and they have found that goal. He's been working so hard up front and Sadiq has managed to find the goal, that elusive goal for the Super Eagles. There it is, the Almeria man just tidying it up and slotting it in to an empty net. Moreto Kasama. There's the shot coming in, oh, it's very close indeed, and it took a deflection. Flying back out of the penalty box, tidied up at the back, it's uh, another chance for delivery. Oh, that's very slick play, look at this, this is sensational, it's in the back of the net for the shot, oh my word, and Simon was just outrageously good there. But the flag goes up and that will not be allowed. We're going to check this again. Yeah. Let's have a look. Just look at what Moses does. He is just ridiculously good, isn't he? Born in Joss, playing for Nantes. Flag went up for the linesman, of course. Nigeria and there's the answer to that with uh, the second goal scored by Econ oh that was a good effort there and uh, a fine strike coming in Tom playing Italy for Udinese also Belgium for Ghent can they get that goal can they get that elusive goal been teed up, it's not a bad effort, the follow-up, is there anybody there? Oh, it's a wonderful block, but the ball's still alive, finally kicks away. And that's the final whistle, and there it is, it's confirmation that the Super Eagles are looking very strong indeed. Definitely, the Super Eagles are looking very strong with many 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 talented players in that team a standout player in that game was a non-swinger simon moses mr akowa what is your assessment of the game well as i said earlier good um, changes um good changes going into this game and yeah he also did he also did well in giving some players time. Uh, as you said, Moses Simon, he had a very great game. Came on in the 57th minutes, completed seven dribbles, and he was he 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 served to be the live wire yet again, as he has done in the first two matches. So then you can see that he um, Augustine Egwabon is called for choice. Probably the only thing the only thing I can hammer on is um, not giving enough chances to. Um, Olympiaco striker Henry Onyekeru, um, who who is who is one of who is one of the talented 
forwards um, in in Nigeria's um, squad, and probably he coming on for Kelechi Nacho very late wasn't something that I was pleased to see. But then he got a chance. Also, um, he brought on Brentford midfielder um, Onyeka to also show that even though Nigeria have um, they have Aribo and um, Wilfred Indivi on a on a normal day, they can change it up and play with Nakwali or Frank Onyeka. So then, as you can tell, it is it is a very good team overall, a very great performance. Oh, and also he played um, semi Ajayi. So then, yeah, we can see can see the depth, the depth and the actual quality in the Nigerian side. And this is something that plenty people should look out for in the years to come. Not only this definitely, definitely. In one of in our last two episodes, you spoke of the fact that Nigeria do not really have a depth on the bench to change a game when the going gets tough. But after today's game, with the eight changes that Augustine Eguavon made in the starting lineup, do you do you want to change those assertions? Well, um. I think I think that I think that um, with with respect to this game, it was more of like this game was a done deal because they had um, secured they had secured um, the they had secured the um, how how like Qualif- qualifications. So it will be I would I would I would like to see it done in a high pressure game where the stakes are high, and also um, I would like to see when the players will come through as clutch. But then yeah, and 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 in all this in, in all this you should look at Alex Iwobi who was once an integral part of the squad who is missing and so then yeah you can you can you can see you you can see that you can see that even though there are a lot of names I would I I would I would like to I would like to make I would like to make a final verdict on on a part where the game is very very tense and the stakes are high, so then that that may that may change my mind in terms of Nigeria not having enough quality um, up front on the bench. On the bench, definitely. Let's take the reactions of one player that has also stood out in this in this tournament for Nigeria is the Leicester City striker and former Manchester City striker Kelechi Iniacho. Uh, we got a few reactions from him after the game. Let's let's take excerpts of that and then we come back to you in the studios. Like 
That is Kelichi Inyacho refuting the favorite tag in that tournament. Do you still do you do you do you do you do you do you do you, do you, do you, do you agree with him that uh, they they don't think they are favorites in this tournament? Well, it is. Well, it is. Um, maybe it it depends on the context because going into the tournament without Gennett Raw was playing. They didn't look like um, favorites, but now they do. So then I believe that Inacho is trying to downplay expectations so that there, there is not much pressure on them for them to deliver so that they could be able to work as, as, um, as, as well as they can. Definitely. I want to give our audience out there first, let me tell them about the group, how the uh, Group D is looking like. Nigeria, top Group D with nine points. Um, with plus five goals, Egypt second with six points and one goal, Sudan with a point, Guinea-Bissau finished last with a point. And what was the stats? The statistics, Guinea-Bissau had a 47% ball possession, Nigeria 53% with 16 shots, Guinea-Bissau 10 shots, Chances created, Guinea-Bissau had six. Nigeria had 10 chances. Accurate passes, Guinea-Bissau created 300 accurate passes. Nigeria, 343. Successful pass. Guinea-Bissau recorded 85%. Nigeria, 86%. Fouls conceded. Nigeria conceded 22 fouls. Guinea-Bissau, 10 Nigeria had six corners. Guinea-Bissau had five corners. Nigeria had two offsides. Guinea-Bissau had one. In terms of shots, Nigeria had 16 shots with six off targets. Guinea-Bissau had 10 shots, six off targets. Nigeria had four on targets with two leading to the goal. And Guinea-Bissau had two on targets. Mr. Kowa, what is your general assessment of these statistics from Nigeria, well, you can you, you you can you can tell that there's a beauty in efficiency for them. They 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 prefer to they prefer to take the shots when they are really really sure of it before they they let fly. So then, um, you um, you can you can see that there's there is that and also there is that level of confidence within within the squad right now as. As anyone, as anyone can make an impact, and actually, um, it looks like it looks like a good team collectively. So even though there is one player out in there, when there is another in, it will it will it will still work out. But then hopefully they can um, keep momentum because in in, in twenty nineteen for for the for the teams that for the teams I think for Egypt that finished with nine points. They were taken out out of the round of sixteen. So then, this is no time to be very complacent for the Super Eagles and um, avoiding com- complacency. They can go very far, perhaps even win the cup if um, if if they maintain this run. Definitely, definitely. Your assessment of the Egypt Sudan game. So for me, I think I think um, the Egyptians are. The Egyptians are playing better in terms of performances, but then 
for 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 Carlos for Carlos Kairos, he's he's being um, a little bit methodical and very slow in terms of their build-up play. Right now, you can tell that Egypt plays with a lot more precision, and their their passes around are very crisp, and they 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 play the ball around as much as possible to find openings um, within within the within the opponent's defenses to make um to make an impact or to score a goal. So then little by little you you, you can see that the Egyptians are are, are, are working on a lot. Probably the, the, the only thing left here is is the um the tendency to be able to finish off chances. So then that's something that the Egyptians are going to do and hopefully um entering into the knockout stages. Entering into the knockout stages. And one player, I mean, the whole world will be keeping a focus on and who has, who has been the talking point across Europe and across the rest of the globe is Liverpool striker Mohamed Salah. Do you think he's been the life wire of this Egyptian team in this AFCON or is yet to come alive? Well, I believe that, I, I believe it says AFCON started slowly, but he is he is gradually picking up in terms of um getting to getting to play under Carlos Queiroz and I think and and I think that goes that goes um, that goes in the same direction for the other attackers in the names of Omar Mamouche as well as Mustafa Mohammed. So then I think yeah, it is it is a it is a gradual process and the, then the Egyptian fans and the Egyptian nation have to take care and and be relaxed for them to. For them to work things out, because even if even even with the front three, there's there seems to be some set of um, uncertainty as to who to play. Because Trezeguet also comes in from the bench, and also Zizou who plays for um, Zamalek. So then, for the Egyptians, it is it is all about patience for now with with regards to how they play, and hopefully, with how they play, it will, it will be able to reap um, good good results for them. Definitely. Talking about patience, let me give our audience a bit of background about Egypt's performance in the history of the AFCON and the reason why the Egyptians are not patient and they do not settle for less. Egypt have played the AFCON tournament more times than any other team. They've appeared 24 times at the African Cup of Nations and have won the trophy seven times including an unprecedented three-time consecutive run in 2006, 2008, and 2010. And there are only three nations in the world at the continental level to have won continental trophies on three consecutive occasions. That is back-to-back three times. And three countries in in the history of international football to have done that. Egypt is one. Iran is number two, and the third country is Mexico. Egypt remained the most successful nation in AFCON history. What is the history of Sudan, the team they played today, and the team in Group D? Sudan have played in one in every three AFCON tournaments and won the trophy in 1970. But this is the first time they've qualified for the African Cup of Nations since 2012. Guinea-Bissau 
on the other hand, have played the African Cup of Nations tournament only twice before and are yet to make it past the group stages. And the history repeated itself again in this tournament where they only leave with a point and they are also yet to score a goal. The, their game between Sudan ended in a goalless draw. The Super Eagles of Nigeria have played 18 out of the 32 African Cup of Nations tournaments and won the trophy thrice in 1980, 1994, and in 2013. Let's take highlights of the game between Egypt and Sudan. And we'll come back to our studio guest, Mr. Justin Akowa, and a bit of history to my audience. It's believed that global civilization started in Egypt, and that is where we have the pyramids. Yes, on this show, we educate, we inform, and we give you all the details that you need to know. Let's take excerpts of that game between Egypt and Sudan. And the central defender, Mahmoud Al-Wench, was hurt in the last game against Guinea-Bissau, including taking out Abu Sheen, who was uh, man of the match in their first game against uh, Guinea-Bissau. If they can impress today, some of them might find themselves on their way to uh, Egyptian clubs with uh, lucrative contracts. So, I'm sure a lot of those defenders have learned the hard way. El Saeed takes a strong header and a good save. The uh, header and his namesake for the stop. Turns it round the corner, does the Sudanese keeper. Right on target from the Galatasaray man. Oh, keeper ready to resume. The resultant corner is uh, upon us now. Here it is. Swung in. Little flick on, and they've got it. Al Salaya. In fact, it's Abdel Modem who claims it. The young defender brought into the team today. Comes up from centre-back position and makes the breakthrough. Number two, there he is, right on his head. Needed no second invitation, expertly put away, straight at the goalkeeper, that ball. And Abdul Monem in what is only his... Uh, Fifth appearance for Egypt gets his first international goal. Simply done. They are seven stars above the Egyptian badge as they've won this tournament seven times. Yeah. Here's Mamouche. Abdel Sayed! Hands in his heads, but uh, look at that. Keeper got a bit lucky. It seemed almost to slip through his hands. Enough of a deflection, though, to turn it around the Consistency is the call from uh, Carlos Queiroz. Also, most happy with the way things went in the first half. Couple of uh, Sulaya. There's Mo Salah now. Still Mo Salah onto the right foot. Mo Salah saved. Abu Shreen denies the Egyptian skipper. That responsibility with the captain, Mohammed Abdul Rahman. Goes for goal along the ground. Oh, that was close. Another full 90 minutes in service of his country here. 
And that from Joshua Bondo is the final whistle. So Egypt win this game by a goal to nil, finish second in Group D. Egypt finish their last group game winning by a goal to nil. Mr. Kowa, I've been reading commentaries from Egyptians, Egyptian sports journalists who are following who are also following the Afcon in, in Cameroon. And most of them are of the opinion that this is one of the weakest Egyptian national teams and the poorest performances they've seen from the team. Even though the team is doing just what is needed. Do you, do you, do you agree with that assertion? Well, I do agree in terms of squad strength. Um, they are not as they are not as they used to be back then as a top team. Um, uh, initially filled with um, a lot of good Alali and Zamalek players. I think I I think I think that's what they are trying to do. But then there is a drop in quality from the times that they won in two thousand six, two thousand eight, and twenty ten. Till now that they have these um, these these bunch of players, I think I think I think in terms of quality, I I think in terms of quality, um, um, maybe they did um, Mustafa Mohammed up front isn't as good for the national team as uh, Mido or Amre Zaki or Mohammed Zidane, but then. Um, with 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 time, he should be he should be given he should be given this all for the fairies of Egypt and and I and I, and I think that it is the it is the state of how they have now the the there is there is a different coaching cycle of the Egyptian national team which makes it hard to look for consistency because with with their good title run it was all done through one one great man of African football that's Hassan Shihata so then. It is. It is. It is all. It is all due to. It is all due to the way the, the the game has changed, and now there is. It looks like. It looks like there is the more of a reliance on Mohamed Salah, which is understandable now because he is one of the best players in the world. But I think, little by little, I think Egypt should they should they bow out of the tournament it to be understandable, because Keros Keros um isn't isn't that good as. As he was back then, when he was one of um, Sir Alex Ferguson's assistants, and I, and I think that if they go out, they'll probably find a better solution and and come out better in in the next Afcon. That's next year, next summer. And, next and, summer. And, and talking of coaches, talking of coaches in this Afcon, uh, coincidentally, the most outstanding achievements that have been made in this in in the history of the Afcon were all done by black coaches. Ghana's four African titles was won by a black coach, uh, our very own Ghanaian coaches, CK Genfi and the likes. Asan Shiata made history with Egypt, winning it in 2006, 2008, and 2010. Looking at what has happened with the Black Stars yesterday and the current cycle that the Egyptian national team is going through, would you say? Would you say we need to go back and rewrite the scripts and 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 go to what really worked out for us in the past? Ah, <laughs> um, interesting question. So I think I think for now Egypt Egypt don't have Egypt don't have um, a coach that is as good as Hassan Shehata for for one. So then that's why they are turning to 
they are turning to the white coaches because right now even in egypt it is the the people that the people that are dominating even in the egyptian league um are being coached um that team is being coached by a south african that's pito mosimani um so then you can understand that now with with the egyptian um technical eye it has it has dwindled a little bit from the coaching perspective and 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 for and for the Ghanaian from the Ghanaian perspective too i cannot tell but i think i think that i think that for the black stars for now we 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 shouldn't look at we shouldn't look at um focusing mainly on on um appointing a Ghanaian coach at all costs because um look at look at what look at what we did tactically under Kosiapia and CK Akono and it wasn't it wasn't the best it wasn't the best of rules. Unfortunately we followed up with another bad decision in terms of another person who is tactically um done in terms of football who who tries to play an older an older and pragmatic style in Milovan Rajivak. So then right now we we can we can we can open we can open our minds and be more more experimental in terms of building a better team for the black stars maybe mixing it with a good crop of um ghanian coaches um as we know there there are good ghanian coaches um in um in europe right now there is um uh george watson who helps aston villa their under 23 side um there is Otto Ado, who is one of Marco Rosa's assistants at Borussia Dortmund, and also we we've we've had we've had a good we've had a good coaching, um, a good assistant coaching Ibrahim Tanko for some while. So then, with 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 these three with these three good coaches, um, assistant coaches, we have we should have a good eye in terms of helping the next um, next. Um, good coach that will be appointed for me. I really, I really believe that Ghana, Ghana, Ghana should, Ghana should look at the case of um, Heavy Renard as as head coach. He can be one of one of one of the people who who will do well because, as we all know, he knows he knows the um, he knows the ropes in on this on on this continent. He knows he knows how football is played and. With him, you can see a little bit of tactical flexibility coming through the Zambians and coaching the Ivorians as 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 well as coaching the Moroccans. And you can you can see that he was very he was very um ex, uh, experimental with regarding the people when he was coaching the Atlas Lions, playing in a different style. And now I think even with that till now they still use his his um. His tactical, his tactical um, blueprint. That's using the three five three, the three five two. Sorry, or the three four three. And now that is what has helped Morocco to be a solid team at the back, as well as they they are they are a very good team on the on 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 the transition. So I think that we don't necessarily have to rewrite the script in terms of choosing a local coach. But then for me, any 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 good coach that's good enough to coach the Black Stars. Can be can be appointed whether Peter Mosimani, whether Heavy Renard, whether Lucien Favre, any any good coach who is who is abreast of of the modern game currently should should do with the Black Stars of Ghana. Definitely, and uh, we are finishing 
with the group games and tomorrow is the last set of group games and for the purposes of my audience let me update you the last set of group games in group e will have ivory coast playing defending afghan champions algeria that is the final before the final algeria need to get a win after they were stunned by equatorial guinea to break their 35 game unbeaten record and sierra leone will be taking equatorial guinea in group e and group f gambia will be taking on tunisia and mali will be taking on mauritania mr kowa give us your final reactions before we wrap up with the show um philip before before i start can i give um i forgot to i, f- I forgot to credit um these two local coaches to on the continent for what they've done that's Jamel Belmadi as well as Ali Usisi. I think they're also doing fantastic jobs at 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 their respective national teams. In fact, uh, Belmadi must be commended. And uh, the last time they lost a game was in October 2018, and that that record was only broken over the weekend. And uh, credit to him to have led a very strong Algerian side, a very strong Algerian side. And Cissé is also doing an incredible, fantastic job with the Malian national team. And definitely, they deserve all their applause and credits. Yeah, so then let me continue with the with tomorrow's games. I think, well, I think, I, I think that tomorrow, tomorrow's group games will be very, very key as to who, um, what will, as it will determine the kind of teams that are going to qualify um, the third the third best place teams too and it is going to affect it because should 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 the Algerians step up tomorrow um step up their performance tomorrow against the Ivorians it is I don't think it is going to be good. I don't think it is going to be good for for the Ivorians and and that will probably put them in a very a very damaging position, but I think that I think that looking at or considering everything, um, I think um, it's going to be a very. I, I think it's, it's probably for me. I really hope that the defending champions will be knocked out in the in the group stages. Let me give our audience how the table is looking like to give them perspective of what you are talking about. Ivory Coast currently lead the table with four points. Equatorial Guinea second with three points. Sierra Leone, Ted with two points, and Algeria with one point. And this is a very open group. Anything can happen tomorrow. Whoever wins Ivory Coast, Algeria, gets to stake a claim to go to the next stage of the competition. Whoever wins Sierra Leone, Equatorial Guinea, also gets to stake a claim to progress to the next stage of the group. And in Group F, what is the table looking like? Gambia are four points. They're on top. Mali second with four points. Tunisia three points. Mauritania zero. And Mauritania definitely looking at the whipping boys of Group F. Mr. Kowa, final reactions. Top two teams to progress from Group E. Um, I think I, I I think it's going to be the Malians as well as the Tunisians. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the hopefully the Gambians surprise us because we, 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 we all have we all have we all have a good Afghan story. So then yeah, objectively I'm I'm going to choose Mali A, sorry, yeah, Mali and, and, and Tunisia. But then hopefully the Gambians prove me wrong. 
and take the game to the to the Celtic Eagles tomorrow. Definitely. And talking of a wonderful Afcon story, let me give our audience this beautiful story that happened yesterday. Comoros beating the Black Stars of Ghana. They were only recognized by FIFA in 2005. They are currently ranked 132nd in the world. And this is their first ever African Cup of Nations. They've never scored in an AFCON before until yesterday when they scored three past four-time African champions, Ghana, claiming their first ever win by knocking out Ghana. What a top-inspiring win. On this note, it's been lovely. It's been exciting coming your way with your most authoritative and biggest sports show on the calling platform and globally. We say we stand together. Whatever you are, whatever you do, dream big, believe, pray, and achieve. We leave you with the official theme song for the African Cup of Nations currently ongoing in Cameroon. We say we stand for Africa.